Hello and welcome to Talking the Walk, real people seeking a real God. I'm your host, Bob Dignan, and shortly on this episode 2.5, we'll be joined by Tracy Lahr, the evangelist of the Champagne Church of Christ, as well as a member, Dave Tomlinson, who's been a firefighter in uh, the Champagne area for many a moons. Uh, and he's actually going to be talking to us. Uh, we're, we're interested in talking to him, rather, about... What is it like going to a job every day in which your life is on the line and something could happen to you um, and you have to think through the ramifications of that, uh, either personally or with your family? And then on top of that, not only does being a firefighter and being put in those situations uh, have effects on his life, but he, he could be holding someone in his arms that could be going through that life and death situation themselves. And so what is that like? What does that do uh, for him? And, and how does he uh, reconcile that with his walk uh, with God? So we'll be talking about many things. In, in a lot of ways, this is a tandem uh, podcast with episode two, where um, we're talking about just the, the tagline, real people uh, seeking a real God. So what we're going to do is launch into the interview and hopefully you get a lot out of it uh, in terms of what happens um, to a, a firefighter walking with God in the land of the corn and soy. How many years have you been in, in, in fire? Uh, in Champaign, I've been, I'm in my 19th year in Champaign and altogether, including my military time in the fire service, about 31 years. So you were, you were a fireman in the military, in the Air yep. Force, is Air that correct? Force, yes. Okay. For six years, and then I worked for the Army Corps of Engineers for a little while doing computer systems for fire departments all over the world. Look at you. So you do know a little bit about computers. I do. Well, old days, it was Are it was called kidding? MS-DOS and Windows 3.1 in those days. Oh, I see. oh that wasn't but, all the way back uh, with the, Windows know, 95 was... Did those computers catch on fire? with holes punched uh, in them. No, but we did, I, I did a station management system for uh, Army's uh, management five, of their fire. Five and a half inch floppy disks. Uh, we had dual floppies, in fact. And you <laughs> were, floppies. I tell you what, I remember the did first... Did they actually computer. flop? They did flop. They were yeah, floppy disks. That was disks. a crazy this thing. before you were born. No, no, no. I remember floppy disks. The first computer I ever got there when I got out of the Air Force was like $9,000 for a uh, desktop computer. Was it, was it laptop? I was, I was going to yeah. ask you, was it one of those laptop Epson, was a Epson comp- laptop? It was like really a, a suitcase. I had a compact luggable. On my, I remember uh-huh. my first business trip there. I went to uh, Fort Carson, Colorado to do something for their fire department. And it was bigger than a suitcase. Right. And it had a drop-down keyboard with two yep. floppies and a 10-megabyte hard drive. And it was, mm. it was Top of the line. amazing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting with an iPhone in my pocket. But, you know, it does, more, yeah. than that. does more than uh, NASA did in 1950. The only exactly. thing portable about it was it had a handle That's on true. it. Exactly. Right. That's true. You had to kind of balance your other side out. <laughs> carry right. it. But we want to talk to you about, I think, more aspects of, of, I mean, being a fireman, obviously, how it relates to being a disciple mm-hmm. in the sense of, uh, facing life and death situations potentially every time you go out. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it sometimes it can be real scary. I remember my very first call in the Air Force, and I, I think I've told this story at our church before. And well, yeah, uh, I wasn't here when you did, so it's but, been over uh, seven years. Tell I've never yeah, heard it. It's it, uh, my very first call, and it was uh, before I became a Christian. I was in the Air Force, I was 20 years old, and uh, we got a call to the neighboring town for a, a kid who'd swallowed gasoline. A seven-year-old wow. boy drank a, a cup of gasoline, actually probably more than a cup, because he, he ended up dying on the way to the hospital. Wow. And that was my very first call. And I remember it as, as 
30 something years ago and I remember yeah. it was plain as day. And and if I could have quit right then I probably would have cuz it just really affect and it still affects me today that call mm-hmm. of all the things mm-hmm. still When you say affects you in what way though? You know, what? It, it makes it makes me think I wasn't a parent at the time and I you know you, you always kids are probably the thing that bother you the most. Right about the, the job when you see kids get hurt and uh-huh. you get, there's a lot of whys well why why would why could why why are people evil you know it's sure. hurt kids mm-hmm. number one and, and when it's well, on purpose you yeah mean somebody certainly you okay, know, yeah. if it's on purpose you you think those but you know that call made me think okay at the time god why are you allowing this young boy sure. who did nothing wrong and, and really his parents didn't do anything wrong yeah his dad was cleaning uh paint brushes and left it left it in the garage mm, yeah yeah and uh, you know so it wasn't anything that anybody did maliciously but it was just like so why do bad things happen sure so sure that really started me thinking a lot about you know why would god even let those things do that and, you know i i explored a lot of churches when i was out there couldn't find you know anything that i thought i wanted to do for a long time then we moved here and 1986 and did a little church hop and mm-hmm. when, when it when I came here I really started searching for you know what is God trying to tell me in my own life okay. about the things that I need to change and and be involved with him and to see mm-hmm. where he's going to lead me in it and I think that certain those calls and that stuff that affects you you still think about and, and even now I don't have a great answer but well, why okay, God yeah. allowed that to happen yeah that's what I was going to say how did you make that, that leap because if it, some people see that and they say well if that's God I don't want God and they walk away from him and and you're saying it somehow I don't know you didn't obviously walk away well, here you mm-hmm. are but how do you do away, that but yeah. I think it, things like that can make you a more compassionate person mm-hmm. you can you know you can use uh, death and and those situations to make you a more compassionate person when someone else goes through it, because people okay. are going to go through that. I mean, our right. our world is it's it's an e- it's an evil world, it's a, it's a fallen place. world, yeah. and yeah, jacked a good good description. There's always going to be bad stuff happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the news today in Champaign two days ago, uh, double shooting. Uh, one of the guys yeah. died, and it, mm. and that, that's happened a lot. So that sure. stuff continues to happen. And the only thing you can glean from that stuff is, okay, how can I as a Christian be compassionate to someone who is right, uh, okay. seeing their worst day? You know, and that's, I think what I, that's what I try to do now is I, I look at, you know, what God has taught me about his compassion for me. How can I be nice, mm-hmm. calm, warm on someone's worst possible day? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't see people on their best day. I see them on their yeah, worst yeah. day. Right. They don't call you till yeah, everything they, goes yeah, up crazy. It, right. There's... There's something bad in every situation that they, they, whether they're sick or whether their house is on fire, car crash, whatever it is, there's something that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, the idea that, that they can see people who are compassionate towards them and, and being nice to them. Sometimes they don't deserve niceness. Mm-hmm. and But still, yeah. that God, I didn't deserve niceness either. Sure. So uh, you know, God being nice to me and being and compassionate to me has is, is really helped me mm. try to be compassionate to other people. For, forgive some of the ignorance here, but what, what are some of your roles on these calls that are putting you in these situations to deal with people in these circumstances? Uh, you know, the fire department is a unique place because we go on every, if you don't know what to do, you call 911. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't know who can help you, you call the fire department. So we can go on anything from Yes, I have been on a cat in a tree call. I didn't get the cat out. The cat will okay. come down. It's all the way down to, you know, murders, to medical calls. In Champaign, mm. we run about 8,000 calls a year. About 5,000 of those are medical calls. So my station where I'm at, which is just actually down the street from the church here, uh, we run uh, seven or eight calls a day. Um, and not all of them are fires. Probably 
five of those are medical calls, two are false alarms, and mm-hmm. we might have one fire-related right. call a gotcha. day. Uh, so we, any number of things between getting somebody out of a, a sanitary sewer they fell into all the way <laughs> up to, uh, you know, rescuing people from houses. So. Certainly. Thanks. Okay, and 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 obviously, I mean, you're saying you get all these calls you don't know. Do you know where you what you're going into when you go? Never. Well, I shouldn't say never. Okay. You 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 know you get a call. They if the person tells you what uh-huh. you know, they say, okay, my house is on fire. You, you know, generally you're going to house fire, and house fires react somewhat the same. They're everyone is okay. a little bit different, but you can expect certain things to happen. You know, when I when I go to a fire with my crew, I I expect that if I'm the first one there, I'm going to do certain things. Sure. You know, it might be I'm going to pull the hose off, I'm going to search for the fire. But I'm, my number one goal if I'm the first one there is to put the fire out so that if there's anybody inside, they can be right. rescued. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know everything gets better when the fire goes out. Um, so you know whether the person is there trapped in the smoke or anything else, that's mm-hmm. the number one thing we can do is get that fire out so things will start to get better from yeah. that. So you kind of know. I mean, you have an idea. Yeah, we, we kind of uh, know. If from, it's a medical, so a heart attack or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, someone tells you then. Because I would think that it would add to the stress of, you know, we're going. What, what's there? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know what I'm walking into. Which I, I'm assuming in any call there is a certain amount of, sure. you know, you don't really know until yeah, you get you, there. You don't know whether the person is going to be, uh, you know, whether if someone has a heart attack doesn't necessarily mean it's because they had a bad heart. It might be because there was a drug involved. There might sure. be someone unconscious, and you don't know why they're there. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe they took heroin. We have a really right. big heroin problem right now, and mm-hmm. you know someone wakes up from heroin, and we give them Narcan, which is a, a drug that we give them to counteract that effect. They're going to wake up violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to need police help, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to need my my two firefighters that I work with are big guys. Yeah. So I'm going to need all, the three of us to potentially hold that person down, and that that can be a. a, mm. a frightening thing right. when people are well, that's what i wanted to get to there. get to next is because as a, as a disciple I mean, we all talk about you know hey you know any day could be your last day sure. right you know anybody can die any day and that is that is true yet i don't have a job that literally puts me in that position every you, day you, you're preaching your preaching's good nobody's gonna but that's what i'm saying exactly yeah i mean <laughs> most of us don't have jobs to where uh you know bob and i were talking this about before when any logical human being thinking human being would be running away right. you guys are running into it right yeah. and 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 you're literally putting your life in in in, in danger right? at any given day you could face that possibility how does that really how does that affect your relationship with god and your own spirituality because I mean, I know for myself, David, it's, it's, it's you know, you think, oh, I need to be ready to meet the Lord any day, but do you really expect it to happen today? No, I really uh-huh. don't. You know, I expect... You go about your normal day. Yeah, you go about your normal day. But if I'm a cop or if I'm a fireman or if I'm mm-hmm. somebody, you know, I'm a soldier out on the field, you know, I go, oh, no, this really could be it. You know, that would be yeah. different. So how do you do well, that? Well, you know, it's... I don't let myself get consumed with that thought, number one, mm-hmm. uh, because it would be a very scary place every day yeah. to be there. But I think what I do and have done every day that I've ever left my house is that I tell my wife and kids I love them on the way out the right. door. Now, they might not know that because it might be 5 in the morning and I might be standing in their hallway. Yeah, they wouldn't appreciate it. And they, they might not. Like but, you know, I have, yeah, I, I have every day that I have left. Uh, for in my entire career told Angela, you know, before we had kids or, or my two kids, Sarah and Will, when they were home, uh, that I love them. I've stood outside in their hallway and told them, because it might be sure. the last, you know, that there's a hundred firefighters killed a year in the, in the, in the U S and, right. uh, you know, it, it, it can be a, a dangerous situation, but I, I pray 
that God's going to keep me safe. And I think now as a supervisor and, and, you know, where I have other firefighters relying on me to make the right decision, okay. you know, I think it's even more important for me to, to have God. Pr- I'm praying that not only am I going to make the right decision to keep me safe, but I'm going to make the right decision to keep them safe because mm-hmm. I want those guys to go home mm-hmm. to their families too. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, and I, and I, I want them to – I want to reach out to them too. So I, I right. try to set an example at work that, uh, you know, it's a fun job. We have a fun time at the fire station, but I try to, to set an example that, you know, Hey, this guy is a Christian and he kind of acts the same way on Saturday night as he does on Sunday morning, which okay. is mm-hmm. very important to me because I, I wanted to see that when I was looking at other Christians, what are they, are they acting the same way on Saturday that right. they are on mm. Sunday morning? And so I, or does he act the same way under incredible pressure yeah. and, and versus when he's just yeah. hanging out in the, in the right. fire station and, yeah. you know, playing foosball or whatever you got, you do when well, I've never else. played foosball, but yeah, oh, okay, we are right. hanging out. In the, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, the, the thing about it is, is God gives, I think has given me a, a, a demeanor of calm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get much excited when we go into a fire. I mean, it's it's the adrenaline's up. You can feel your heart beating, all that stuff. Yeah. But sure. I, I feel at peace that if something does happen, that, uh, you know, I've put myself in a situation, both hopefully in my life, but in my doctrine as well, that, okay, God calls us to do certain things to be saved. So make sure that I'm in a right relationship mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. and to, to try to, to live up to that. And to know that grace is mm. there every day, and mm. and now it's 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 even more important, I think, to set that example as well for the guys I work with. When you say now, is that because you're a supervisor? Yeah, now? Is that what you it's mean? always been important as an example, I think, as as Christians. But it's it, for me, it, it's become even more important, um, not just to set a great example, but to, for that safety factor as well. Because I I do I want them not only to go home safe, but I you know it. It is important for me to, for the guys that I work with because we're friends, and I want them to be right, know, right mm-hmm. with God as well. Sure. So that's that's important because it could be well. their last day, yeah. as you said before. Yeah, absolutely. Right. One connection that um, Tracy and I just recently made is you know Tracy being a, a, an evangelist of the church, but then all of us having the calling to you know reach out and and be there for people to show them this way. You know, that's kind of a, a spiritual path towards, you know, healing. Mm-hmm. And, and But but you're very much entrenched in physical, you know, saving of people's lives, rescue yeah, and swooping in. Uh, do you ever think about the, the kind of parallels that are going on there, the lessons that you're learning when you're helping someone physically, as well as the call that, that you have and I have and we all have to help them, yeah. you know, rescue them spiritually? You know, one of my favorite scriptures is in First Samuel, and it, uh, it says God reached down and, and rescued us in our time of distress, and He did that because He delights in us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's always been one of my favorite scriptures that God rescues me because He delights in me. Mm-hmm. And you know, and when we, if I can do that to rescue someone and allow them to feel that later on. Mm-hmm. That God is going to delight in them later. God reached down. Maybe maybe God used me and my crew as a vehicle to do that mm-hmm. and that then that then they could be saved for a point in time so that they can know god you know one of my, my very good friends uh, who actually introduced me to this church 27 years ago and introduced mm-hmm. me to a great relationship with god said it was always his dream to save somebody and then save them um, huh. save somebody right. rescue them and then uh, study the bible with them and 
you know, I that would be a, a dream to be able to share. And I think the more compassionate we are um, as as individuals, the more opportunity people are going to come back to get that time. Because we've I I see somebody for four or five minutes. I, it's rare that we get to go back mm-hmm. and see somebody. Uh, the guys in mm-hmm. my station delivered a baby not long ago. I wasn't there, but they delivered a baby, and the baby that was in the paper yesterday, uh, <laughs> the baby coming back and the mom coming back into the fire station. And it was a cool picture. And bringing them cookies. And bringing them cookies. Oh, oh, that's geez, all the great stuff. And, and, bringing uh, them cookies. But, uh, you know, it would be great to be able to do that. And, but mm. you, that's the time you can get the opportunity to, to share with somebody. So mm. I, I don't get that opportunity to share. And, and we're actually not allowed to, right. you know, preach or any that kind of stuff when we're out there. But uh, to be able to... If someone knows, gosh, he was different, mm. then, then that, that, that can give me an opportunity later on to share with mm. him. Sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Oh. Well, I've, I've, got, I've got another question that's just been burning on my mind, and it's really not a spiritual question. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Burning on okay. your mind. Well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Emergency? Yes. Backdraft? Yes. Chicago Fire? Yeah, Which okay. one? What do you think? Which one? Which, which one's what? Uh, which one suits your real? fancy? Or uh, just, yeah, none of them are real. Come on. No, 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 no. Don't give me so, emergency. Right, well, they're real. They're real. Let me just say. That's what I grew up with. Give I'm 52 years old. And every firefighter my age or from about 40 Watched old, emergency. Watched I don't even know what that and is. And was inspired by... Johnny Gage and Roy DeSoto. Squad 51. You know, squad baby. 51. You know, everybody dreamed of, <laughs> as a paramedic, flipping, flipping the caps <laughs> of sudden bicarb and, you yeah. know, in front of a chemical fire. And it's funny you mention that because <laughs> my boss, Chief Ludwig, knows uh, Randy Mantooth, and he was just here. Johnny Gage oh, was really? here. Yeah, so he I got to meet him. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, so I just got to meet him recently. So uh-huh. Is he an actor? I don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Emergency was a show. Okay, uh, okay, all right. It was in the 70s. It was in the okay. 70s, Los right. Angeles uh, Fire. And it, it was before there were, it was the, the transition between an ambulance and, and the paramedics uh, and, and, and the yeah. EMT. They were like paramedics yeah. and they were kind of, pra- or not practicing, that's not the word I'm looking for, what, experimenting with this idea yeah. of paramedics yep. per actually performing medical procedures on people before they get them to the hospital. Late, uh, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Post-Vietnam era is when the paramedic movement kind of started real hot and heavy gotcha. uh, from the battlefield medics. But probably... And they were Station 51, Squad 51. Yeah. None uh-huh. of the shows are real realistic because you try to do a 24-hour shift in one hour, and it's not near as uh-huh. exciting as it might be. If well, we did it, all those fires, yeah, sitting around. Be pretty tired. You know, well, I'm uh, thinking everybody I see on yeah. those shows, they were all pretty hard-bodied, young, good-looking people. Well, clearly um, you're looking at me, and I'm glad <laughs> I have a, I have a face. I have this a, is a face podcast, for radio. by the way. It's a yeah. podcast. I have a face for radio, obviously. So uh, none of you who are going to be listening to right, know that right. he's... You're busting my, my fantasy bubble here of uh, Backdraft, if you want to know what's like in a fire, put your head... Put your... Eyes, your hand over your eyes. Close your eyes completely. It's completely dark. You can't see any fire. You rarely see flames uh, for when you're inside the building uh-huh. because uh, the smoke is so bad. So we do. Uh-huh. We crawl. We do everything by feel. We have some pretty cool technology now that we can see through sure. smoke. But uh, now yeah. it's uh, it's a dirty, hot, you know, miserable job sometimes. Yeah. Well, you deserve your cookies. Yeah, there you go. I, I didn't want to get off on on too much of the you know the technical or tell us the yeah. gory stories because really I mean that's what we're. we're our, our, our tagline and our, our, our podcast is real people seeking yeah. a real God. And, I mean, even though your life is different than ours, it's real, you know, and, and, and you're out there. The stuff you mm-hmm. deal with is real. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it can be a challenge because you see the most, uh, like you said, the worst days. Yep. You see the most uh, emotionally intense times in people's lives. And, and most of us on the planet don't experience mm-hmm. that. 
uh, and and it's been really great just to talk to you a little bit here about how do you process that? How do you hmm. how do you uh, continue on with your faith in God and in humanity? That's another thing. How do you know? <laughs> Maybe you don't continue on in your faith in humanity. That's why you have to have. Well, faith in God. I mean, you I kind of mentioned earlier you yeah. sort of shift your focus a little bit from you know how could all of this bad stuff be happening to. What can I control? What can yeah. I contribute to this rather than right. it's all just it's just Chaos. all going downhill yeah. anyways. Yeah. I can't make a lick of difference. You you sort of focus. There are a few things I could do and I'm just in front of them. It is very I'm, tempting to get jaded. It is tempting to get jaded sure. when you see the, the negatives mm-hmm. all the time. But you know, I think you have to really try hard not to do that. Yeah. Um, and because the, the world is a, a fallen place, but God is everywhere. You can see you can see God's hand in everything that goes on even the worst situation you can see okay it could have been you know this could have happened or that could have happened if you start playing the what ifs you can see how god is uh you know allowing things in Mm -hmm. some ways to happen but also that his hand is allowing great things to happen throughout that 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 time right i feel like every time i go back to the station and it's not a conscious thought every time but if you sit and think about it every time uh, I and the other hundred firefighters in Champaign go home in the morning. God was in that, yeah, uh, because it was the same. Every time a police officer goes home, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and or you know someone from the public goes home, when you know that that truck, if it hits, mm-hmm. it's not going to be good. And yeah. So you know if uh, if an accident happens, so all those things being avoided, God is. I believe God is in that as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I mean, some people feel like you know the world ought to be a perfect place. The world ought to be, you know, no, no pain, no suffering, no things. And we, we've kind of gone on this theme for several podcasts right. on how do we handle pain and suffering. And it's like we want heaven on earth, we want earth yeah. um, you know, before it's time for heaven. But even Jesus, you know, God's own son was publicly executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so it just shows that bad things happen. God, though, helps us handle those bad right. things, weather that storm and um, uh, it gives us something to hang on to and to keep us from being blown away or tossed about or dragged under whatever yeah. metaphor you want to use. And um, so, amen. I, I appreciate you sharing this and sharing uh, your life a little bit with us and giving us a, an insight. Sometimes I feel like with people like you, you know, it gives people like me, you know, it takes away our excuses to complain. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like you're going, ah, gee, what am I complaining about? Right. You know, I yeah. don't deal with stuff like that Works every day. Works tough. My butt hurt because I sat too long. Yeah, you know, my like, boss. Well, that's happened every once in a while, too. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. That's occasionally <laughs> happens to me as well. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, not, you know but not I'm not crawling time. around and feeling yeah. for, you know, uh, whatever, a door, you know, because the house is full of smoke and I'm trying to find, I'm not doing yeah. that. So yeah. uh, I've got nothing to complain about. Yeah. Really appreciate you talking with us. Well, it's good to be here. Cool. There you go. Well, speaking of every time someone goes home, it's a God thing. Um, you know, it's getting late. And we probably <laughs> need go to home. Go home. Time to go home. Yeah. All right. Pray for safe journeys. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Okay. So there you have it, a little bit of talking with uh, Dave Tomlinson about his walk with God and, and what that entails as a firefighter. But then just more generally, you know, uh, everybody's got a job uh, to fill and everybody has things that happen in their day or their life and they're met with different situations. And really what we're learning um, as we're experimenting with this podcast and talking with people is there's a really a lot more in common uh, with each other's everyday life than we might immediately think about. 
Um, our worship band is actually just hunkering down to do a little bit of rehearsal here where I normally record the intros. So we'll sign off uh, and get ready for episode three where we will actually start diving into some of the topics that we initially outlined that this uh, podcast might cover. So the first up is we're going to hold nothing back and jump right into pain and suffering. Uh, the fact that it even exists calls into question you know, the very existence of God, and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> 